0: is now jack lou is in the house what's up jack where you at we can't hear you jack i think i think you have to go on the sound settings how's everyone doing perfect yeah we can hear you jack what's
1: up i'm in uh, singapore yes
0: awesome so uh, you're in singapore okay cool man so i'm gonna go ahead and give you the the, the floor the floor is yours We're giving you two hours, man. So use them up however you want. I can jump back in. I'm here.
1: All right. Let's talk Bitcoin. Let's talk basketball. All right. Let's go. Let's go. uh, You know, the topics of today's conversation is about the Bitcoin economy. I know a lot of the viewers uh, tuning in are keen to talk about ordinals and NFTs and everything else. Um, Probably mostly interested in BTC. I'm going to try and cover Bitcoin more generally uh, from an economics perspective, and then give you an insight into sort of what the economy of Bitcoin could look like, what it looks like today, um, and sort of the different results of uh, what model uh, you choose to uh, go down. Okay? So I want to first start at a very broad level and try and address some topics that normally uh, I don't get to uh, during Twitter spaces to give some people... Uh, some new content that have already seen me, uh, hear me regularly on Twitter, um, which you call X now, um, at Lee Jack C, L-I-U-J-A-C-K-C. I Uh, I host a lot of spaces there. Um, And uh, so we take a step back on the the economy. Uh, As everyone knows, currently we live in a fiat economy uh, and it has had a, a myriad of problems. So for the longest time, fiat economy was associated with economic prosperity, modern economics, and a, a great increase uh, due to capitalism and the, and the wealth and the standard of living. As recent years have shown, especially since the great financial crisis of 2008, you've seen the flip side of the fiat economy, which is rising income inequality, uh, you know, rife with you know poverty and the middle class is being thinned out, et cetera. And all of this just comes back down to economics. And uh, when Bitcoin came out in 2008, there was a lot of excitement from Bitco- early Bitcoiners from 2008 to 2013. This idea of a digital gold, of a, of a undebasable money, an immutable ledger, etc. cetera, that's Bitcoin. And um, now there's many variations of Bitcoin and there's also proof of stake protocols like uh, Ethereum, etc. cetera. I just wanna get into something very specific now, which is what do these paths end at? So fiat, we've had, Various examples of things that have actually ended. So you've seen uh, the stat that fiat currencies on average last 27 years. So the United States dollar technically has not ended yet, but we've seen plenty of examples in Zimbabwe, Venezuela, Argentina, Weimar Republic of Germany. Those are very popular analogies these days uh, by p- economists or investors like Ray Dalio, etc. So fiat ends in ruin. Fiat ends in hyperinflation. Fiat ends in massive income inequality. And you see that, you know, when people go to Davos and talk about things like the top 1% own 99% of the world's assets. That is math. And that is because when you have a increasing supply, then let's say I'm a person at the low end of the economics curve and, and I earn a salary. Um a great percentage of my salary has to go towards uh, su- sustenance like I have to keep myself alive with shelter with food etc so I might only have like ten percent of my salary left to save uh, or invest um, and uh, when money printing happens the stuff that I have to spend on uh, the price of those things increases so i'm extremely impacted from a new supply of money. The people at the top, though, they also eat three meals a day, et cetera. So their actual cost of living as a percentage of their total fiat wealth is very, very small. So they have a lot of other fiat to put into the bank. So let's not talk about investment. Let's talk about putting into the bank, which today nets you a 5% uh, interest from the bank, just from the T-bills. So you are growing your fiat wealth while the people at the bottom are not growing their fiat wealth, with Bitcoin, this is idea, right, that we have a limited uh, supply. But an economy runs not just on the currency; economy is trade between people. And the fascinating thing about the BTC ledger is that it can only facilitate a limited amount of trade at the base one level. And so far, a lot of people have only just thought about the security aspects of we want to be on layer one because it has the most hash. We don't want to be on bridges and layer twos and centralized exchanges. I want to talk about the economics of why it's important to be on layer one. So when you are on layer one Bitcoin and there's 21 million supply and the supply was all given to miners and the miners are not able to maintain their leadership unless they have hash, which means they have to constantly compete and reinvest in the business. Then what tends to happen is over a long enough timeline, layer one proof of work on Bitcoin, uh, results in the average person trending towards ownership of zero Bitcoins. Now you say, and there's no way people have been hauling for years and years. They've got hundreds of Bitcoins, BTC, et cetera. Satoshi supposedly has a million Bitcoins. But yes, even Satoshi himself will, in the long term, trend towards owning zero Bitcoin. It's like an asymptotic graph where it's at the end, it trends towards zero. How do we know that? Well, if you think in Bitcoin has had a 15 year history, the United States dollar has had a hundred something years history in this version at least since 1913 the federal reserve uh, what if bitcoin had a 5000 year history 10000 year history 500000 year history then there will be economic interactions between parties now if satoshi has a million bitcoins do you think he can get to 2 million bitcoins i don't think so it's harder to get bitcoins now you know you can sell ordinals I'm not sure you can get a million bitcoins But is it possible for someone with zero bitcoins to get to like one? Is it possible for someone with 0.1 to get to 0.2? Very possible. So the difference between the Satoshi one million and the uh, 0.1, who now became 0.2, that multiple is actually getting smaller. They call this the Gini coefficient in economics. In my fiat example, the multiple is getting bigger and bigger because the person with more money is able to reinvest and get more fiat. but in Bitcoin, there's no such thing as reinvesting your Bitcoin to get more Bitcoin. So that is actually a pretty fair world. Now, at the beginning of the experiment, this looks very unfair. So if you take yourself back to January 3rd, 2009, in the very first block of Bitcoin, let's suppose that Satoshi Nakamoto mined that first block. That means 10 minutes in, out of the gate, out the race, you have one person in this world with 50 Bitcoins. That was the coin-based reward at the time. If one person has 50 Bitcoins and the rest of the world has absolutely none, which is exactly what happened after 10 minutes of the Bitcoin network, then you have the most inequitable distribution of a currency the world has ever seen. 100% to 1%, 0% to everyone else. We can at least say now, as unfair as some of the no-coiners say about Bitcoin, oh, it's early, guys. It's all guys about early. It's like really unequal it's really unbalanced. We can't have a world where it's so unequal. You can at least mathematically prove that today is a hell of a lot more equal than the very first block of Bitcoin. We went from 100% to one person and zero to everyone else, to something like at most, what, 5% to one person and and something much less for everyone else. If you keep on trapping this further, Satoshi and anyone like that, someone has 10,000 coins, 100,000 coins, a million coins, they most likely can uh, only choose to hold their coins in which case they're not buying yachts not buying homes not going on vacations or they have to spend their bitcoins a lot of you guys will think well I'm going to lend my bitcoins out we saw what happened with that with the Celsius right that is not risk free bitcoin just does not have extra bitcoins to hand out so to me, what's always been interesting for me, because I saw Bitcoin 2013, before there was much of an industry, I was drawn by the fact that the economics of Bitcoin and what kind of economy it would, it would lead to. Now let's go to Ethereum. What happens in a proof-of-stake network uh, towards uh, a 1,000-year future, 5,000-year future, assuming it gets adopted by the masses? And people are very excited in Ethereum about Layer 1, Layer 2, Layer 3 scaling. So if you zoom out and do the same economic experiment with me I would argue that over a long enough timeline uh, one person will end up with all the ethereum So you know how bitcoin was 1% had all the one person had all the bitcoins after 10 minutes of the bitcoin network and trending towards everyone getting towards zero ETH might have started with a very democratic, hey, everyone can buy the ICO, just put your B- BTC in and get the ICO. People actually think the ETH ICO is actually relatively fair compared to today's modern projects that work with exchanges and VCs and get the coin out at a very, very high validation, oftentimes in the billions. The, the most recent examples are like WorldCoin, Aptos, Sui, et cetera. But these networks, while they start as more fair, seemingly more fair, they tend towards one person ending up with all the Bitcoins. So it's like running Bitcoin in reverse. Uh, What's the math behind that? Well, currently there's a 32 Ethereum cutoff for staking. So that means that if you own over 32 ETH, you can put it into a staking pool and get transaction fees from the network whenever there's transactions on the ETH blockchain. Well, I'm assuming most ETH users do not have 32 ETH because even today that's about $60,000. Most people buying a JPEG, you know, making a stable coin transaction, they do not have $60,000. Uh, and that number, because ETH is, you know, has been going up, number go up for a long time, could go higher and higher. So let's say you fall under 32 ETH. Well then, every time you're using your ETH, you're giving at least a little bit of uh, ETH in transaction fees in gas, that's going to people who are staking the network. But the people who are over 32 ETH, they are receiving some yield, which is the transaction fees and whatnot of the network. But if you fast forward enough, the person at the 32 level, at the 40 ETH level, the 100 ETH level, they're not proportionally receiving as much ETH as the people who have staked, let's say, 100,000 ETH, a million ETH, et cetera, right? So, the person at the very, very top of the ladder board, of the leaderboard, of the ones with the most uh, ETH, they can literally not partake in the economy. They cannot build anything. They cannot spend anything. They cannot engage in trade. And mathematically speaking, as long as you do nothing, you will end up with, on a long enough timeline, everyone's Bitcoins. Uh, sorry, so everyone's Ethereum, everyone's ETH. Okay? So that's the world that, that leads to. So for all this, like decentralization, DeFi, we're free from the big banks, or free from big tech. What Ethereum's fundamental consensus model leads you to is one person owns all. A potentially world that is even more inequitable than the world we see today. Not just that, it's a world that will be even harder to revolt against. So now you get people at the WTO protesting outside the Seattle headquarters of the World Trade Organization. You have people lining up to protest at Davos. You have people forming groups like Occupy Wall Street um, and different things. Um, you at least think you have a chance. You maybe can escape out of using the dollar. You will go you know, to farmland to collect wine or whatever it is. You go off the grid, go into a cash economy. You can kind of escape the current fiat world. Right. You have people in Argentina trying to get dollars. Right. If you build a society on a blockchain, on a technology like the blockchain and it's proof of stake, it's going to get very, very hard to uh, get out of those systems because your activity, your identity, your assets are all all happening on the blockchain. You can't change a ledger and you're kind of intermingled. It's kind of like, you know, it's hard to live now without social media it'll be very hard to live without blockchains in the near future. So it's very important what blockchains uh, we end up at and we make a conscious decision of understanding what the road lead to. Now let's go to like a, a chain that s- scales on BSV, which is uh, scales on layer one. So I earlier mentioned if you have layer one scaling and everyone is on that chain, then all the fees on the layer one, on a transaction, on a trade, they end up going to miners, right? So miners make the transaction fees. Um, When it goes to miners, then there's no one single overlord that your transaction fees go to. It's this block might be this miner, next block might be another miner. Certainly there's been a lot of turnover over the years because people used to mine with CPUs, then GPUs, then ASICs. And even within ASICs, there's been Chinese miners, there's been Eastern European miners, there's been now United States miners. So in this system, because the miners uh, do not have a uh, like a chill seat at the table to just keep on collecting more Bitcoin, they have to do work. My premise that the the long term uh, holdings will trend towards zero remains intact, right? Um, and that leads to like a, a more fair world, a fair system. But if you, that's what BSV actually accomplished for what you want to say about centralization and and all that things about BSV on layer one scaling, um, the economic model of Bitcoin SV is uh, layer one scaling and uh, everyone trend towards zero, which oftentimes is not what people want in our modern day society, because right now, like I said, they don't trend towards zero, they trend towards dominating. So everyone at top of the Ethereum foundation at top of the Ethereum ecosystem wants, you know to have the proof of stake model. Everyone at the top of the fiat system, the G20s, the big major banks, the major tech companies, they want also um, a system where uh, the profits and the energy of the masses end up feeding to them without them having to compete, okay? So Bitcoiners is often in the mainstream talked about as BTC. Okay, and I, I fully accept that BTC today is recognized as Bitcoin has the most most hash etc. But if you scale BTC via a Lightning Network, what'll inevitably really happen is uh, you move your coins to Lightning. Most people talk about the technology of Lightning. I want to talk about the economics of Lightning. So even assuming Lightning Network works, what ends up happening is your transactions are now ra- are not routed to miners at the layer one level what you've done is you've bridged your coins to the layer two level to lightning and your transactions are going through lightning hubs now if i personally run a lightning hub and i got maybe three connections and i got two uh 0.01 btc in the hub i'm not a very useful hub just like an airport that only flies to nashville and atlanta it's not a very useful airport. You can't fly to Singapore. You can't fly to New York. You can't fly to London. You can't fly to Sao Paulo, right? So who is going to be the most connected lightning network? It's going to be the one that has the most coins in it because that's the one that can facilitate really large transactions. That's the one that, you know, doesn't have as much fees. You don't have to go in and out of the Lightning network as often because you can just put a lot into that one hub, right? Today that's most likely to be exchanges which set, looks a lot like corresponding banks in, in the SWIFT network, like the JP Morgan Citigroups, the Bank of China, et cetera, the Barclays. And um, what that means is now you have on the layer two level replicated Ethereum in terms of economics. You will end up with the largest lightning hub ending up with all the Bitcoins in the world because you can't transact at on layer one level. It's gonna be $50 fees, $100 fees, $1,000 fees. Um, at layer one, because you have only one, one to four megabyte of blocks space. Once you move people to layer two, everyone wants to find the biggest layer two. I mean, the biggest hub in that lightning network. The same applies to stacks. The same applies to uh, anything like side chains. Is once you move the ac- economic activity from the base one layer of miners to the ba- to the layer two or layer three, you now have a central actor who uh, is gonna economically benefit from this layer uh, continuously, um, which will end up with uh, one party end up with all the Bitcoins in the world. So for all the things that you guys are talking about, like no one can print, no one can print, it's true that they, they cannot debase the number of Bitcoins right now based on the consensus 21 million Bitcoins, but the economic system is set up so slowly they will suck in all the Bitcoins that everyone has. Um, and that is not a very interesting future in my opinion. So what, um, what has happened in, in the industry is that BTC did not scale. Uh, and therefore BTC was perceived as just a ledger for storing of digital assets. So the economy of BTC was very much built off chain. So let's now, earlier I was talking about the economics of these different models is BTC Uh, Fiat, BTC, Ethereum, BSV. Uh, And Fiat goes, trends towards winner-takes-all. BTC looks like it's proof of work. It doesn't go towards that. Ethereum goes, winner-takes-all. BSV goes towards, everyone trends towards having zero Bitcoins. Uh, And I make the argument that if you try to scale BTC on layer two, it will actually also look a lot like Fiat and Ethereum. So BTC... You're you're in a false dichotomy between BTC's proof-of-work, Ethereum's proof-of-stake, like Democrats, Republicans. The the, end result of BTC is exactly the same as Ethereum in terms of economics. The only one in the entire world, the only system in the entire world that does not end up with that kind of economics is BSV itself. So even though maybe Calvin and has a lot of hash, maybe Craig Wright is a very toxic figure in the community, uh, like I said, it was very, very toxic on the first block of Bitcoin when one person owned all the Bitcoins and everyone else owned nothing. So it's not about toxicity today that you want to care about. You want to care about is the world becoming less toxic over time or is it becoming more toxic over time? So Ethereum, fiat, and BTC is becoming more toxic over time. PSV actually over time will be weaned off of the uh, special interests of a Calvin era of a, of a credit right. So that's the economics of Bitcoin. Hopefully uh, you understood uh, that part of the, the, the lesson. Now I want to talk about the economy of Bitcoin. So everyone knows that ETH has been a programmable for a long time. That was a selling point. That You can all see a bit of an ETH economy happening with NFTs, on-chain, uh, DeFi, uh different use cases, now there's like uh, individual share, social phi, game phi, etc. We had not seen that on Bitcoin, BTC, until the start of this year, which is ordinals. And what ordinals did was like, we understand that the chain does not have a lot of capacity, but we still figured out how to put uh, data and inscribe that on one Satoshi of Bitcoin. So I'm not here to teach you about ordinals, but more so that an economy has now formed on BTC, uh, and we, uh, myself and, uh, teammates of mine, co-founders of mine were able to participate in that economy with products like OrdSwap, with, uh, being part of, um, the, uh, early inscribers of assets like Ordi, Bitmap, uh, Bitcoin frogs, etc. So we've, we've taken a number of different, uh, perspectives, both as builders and as inscribers, um, of this and, and protocol designers, I think we tried to do some things uh, as well uh, to to launch projects, um, and that has happened now on Dogecoin and Litecoin, and now there's some on BSV as well. So in that economy, um, all of a sudden BTC has has it uh, has shifted. So the Bitcoin economy up until this year uh, is an off-chain economy. So. You can think of the very earliest apps you were depositing uh, coins to Silk Road or to uh, Satoshi Dice, a gambling website to play. During the time that you had deposited your funds to Silk Road, um, uh, Ross Albright had all your bitcoins, which is why, you know, when the Fed can seize the Silk Road coins, uh, it's because the user deposits were on Silk Road. Mt. Gox was famously the first exchange, they had every user's bitcoins, and that's why. Uh, when they were hacked or went under, there's a bunch of the Mt. Goss bankruptcy filings. The modern day example of that is FTX, right? So Bitcoin has always been uh, used on centralized venues like exchanges. And since it's centralized um, and you maybe have tapped out of exchanges where you have to like deposit coins and and whatnot too, uh, the growth vectors for BTC has been up until this year targeted as, Let's go after ETFs, ETFs. I remember was a conversation since 2013. That's when the Winklevoss brothers were applying for ETFs uh, with the New York um, regulators and, and such. So, and then Barry Silbert made a, a pseudo ETF like product GBTC, which allows you to um, get exposure to Bitcoin price without only the Bitcoin through the pink sheets OTC in uh, New Jersey, I believe. So, Bitcoin never had a true economy of its own. It was leveraging the economy that the world had pre-built before Bitcoin to run itself. Um, And Bitcoin was simply just a deposit withdrawal mechanism for a centralized service, whether it's gambling or exchange or ETFs, etc. And today, that narrative is still alive right now. So a lot of people right now are excited about BTC because there's talk of an ETF coming uh, on the table from BlackRock. And people are getting optimistic about the approval of that. So that is fine. You will end up with a 21 million part of Bitcoin. But what is sad about that world is you're simply getting a better form of like savings where if everyone hallucinates and buys the same 21 million coins, uh, then we will not be debased. And we have solved the uh, inflation problem of fiat, and that that sounds like a goal in of itself. So, um, what what I like to think is that you have to take a technology to its logical conclusion. Like, what is this technology capable of in its fullest? You don't think about it like what the world is today, and this prop this technology solved this problem, and I'm already happy with it, because then you might be forgetting all the other problems that this technology could also solve. You know, so, you know, YouTube would make watching cable TV already pretty good if it just had cable TV plus like you can watch at any time um, across the world stream on the Internet. But YouTube can be so much more than cable TV, you know, so Bitcoin, if it all it does is solve the inflation problem of fiat, that's great. But there's so much more that Bitcoin can solve in the areas of big tech. Um, uh, big finance, big government, uh, big data, all that stuff, which BTC is not solving, by the way, uh, until this year. The idea of BTC solving that did not did not exist. And um, so what does that mean? That means your adoption rate is actually very slow. So people say that that should happen. It's like, oh, early on, Bitcoin 2011 goes up a lot, 2013 goes up a lot. Um, but 2017 until now, ever since sort of it was confirmed that BTC was not going to scale, um, BTC's price action from the peak of 2017 until now is really only 20, 20% higher, 25% higher. So BTC peaked at $20,000, I believe, in 2017, and today is at $26,000. With the fact that the world went through the greatest money printing era ever, the craziest technology revolutions like uh, AI uh, with, you know, like six years is a lot of time, right? We've had a booming economy. The stock market done very well the last six years. BTC should not be only up 25%. And what that means is when you're using old world tactics to try and grow a new world technology, you're gonna get old world type execution, old world type results. Um, so just like we don't like gold that much, right? Because uh, gold as is not used in modern day economy. Gold can't run through your Netflix account. Gold is just something you hold. Um, and anytime you wanna back something that can run through Netflix and can run through app stores and, and Visa terminals, um, then you have exposure of a central actor who has to be a guarantor that there is gold back in the paper gold, which in 1971 and 73, I forgot the year, the United States took the dollar off the gold standard completely. It had already debased the gold a couple times from the time of the great uh, depression. So Bitcoin, if it needs to be accessed through a Robinhood, through an ETF, through a BlackRock, while that might bring you to a lot of users, is still, only going to bring you to the same users that BlackRock had already, which is institutional investors, uh, retirement savings funds, etc. You're not going to ever reach a new audience, right? And new, reaching a new audience in new and more powerful ways is um, how technology has always grown. So, it doesn't take technology to create a BlackRock ETF, uh, just like it doesn't take technology to create like a ETF on aluminum or any, any other like asset copper. Right. Um, So, uh, so what Ordinals did was it broke through this Y2K idea that Bitcoin is not supposed to be for on-chain data. Uh, There was a fear marketing that if you did stuff on-chain, that Bitcoin would break. uh, And that, uh, you don't want that. You just want this one, one asset on the chain. You want everyone to buy BTC. Well, now there are people buying frogs on BTC. There are now people buying w- some text inscriptions. Uh, I, I recently had the chance to see Domo, the creator of BRC20s, which is the equivalent, semi-equivalent of ERC20s, which is tokens, fundable tokens on Bitcoin. And um, he gave a very interesting stat, uh, 3% of all BTC transactions since 2009 are now BRC20 inscriptions. And BRC20s have been around for about four or five months. So that's a wild stat. I think about 16 million of that is the, the uh, ticker uh, stats. Uh, it's, a, it's a meme coin. Uh, and Ordi was the first BRC20. And so that is a fundamental acceleration of um, on-chain economy. And, but now the ordinals have kind of stalled because it doesn't scale. And so now at this recent Ordinal Summit in Singapore, uh, which I had a chance to attend, there's a lot of projects that are working on Bitcoin layer twos. And I think uh, Paul Stork is working on sidechains. Casey Rodamore is now interested in sidechains. Uh, other companies are interested in uh, L2s. Um, I believe Unisat is working on some kind of L2. So again, they may work technology-wise. You might think it's better because it saves the environment. All these things are fallacies. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that on an economics level, once you move the activity to layer two, you're going to get uh, not the ideal world that Bitcoiners think they're getting. You're going to get a uh, more and more uh, increasing inequality. Same with the, B- the BlackRock ETF. If BlackRock is the only company that's allowed to operate an ETF or is the most popular ETF, then if I want to buy uh, 100,000 Bitcoins worth, that, they're probably the only ETF that's liquid enough for it. The small Norwegian Bitcoin ETF might only be able to help you buy 100 Bitcoins. It can't help you buy 100,000 Bitcoins worth of an ETF. So what, what happens is liquidity because liquidity And then when it becomes BlackRock illiquidity and it's not Bitcoin liquidity, then what's gonna happen is BlackRock will make a management fee every year. They'll make a trading fee every single day. That means over time, BlackRock will also be the biggest holders of Bitcoin. That's natural. You think that they're doing this to allow the retail to have an easier way to access Bitcoin. Now retail can benefit from Bitcoin. Retail will own Bitcoin. But if you just compound the math over a long enough timeline, BlackRock is the one that's going to have the bitcoins, not the retail. Okay. And I say this just as an economic, uh, mental exercise. I have nothing against BlackRock. I have nothing against the way the world works. I'm at peace with how the world works, how the world's going to work, whatever the world ends up choosing as a solution. That's cool with me. Uh, I have other things that to keep me happy. And and, and if the world is just a show, then we can move on to some other world after this world is finished. So that's, that's cool. Um, so then um, if you look at uh, uh, that example, you can see this in equity markets. BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard own basically 90% of every single company. Uh, so why would Bitcoin be any different? So if your adoption strategies go via a JP Morgan, via a BlackRock, then you know I'm happy for early Bitcoiners. You have a, a, a bag of people... Uh, people to dump your bags on, if that's what you want. If you, if you, if you want like low imagination, low innovation, low technology, um, and low abundant mindset, and you just want to say, hey, I got these Bitcoins at a dollar, or $10, or $1,000. I'd like to have BlackRock pump my bags to half, half a million dollars each Bitcoin. I'll cash out, I'll buy a few, you know, penthouses, some mansions, some cars, Some people might, you know, get a few wives, some girlfriends, whatever it is. They can then enjoy, you know, I got mine attitude, right? They can enjoy their lifetime. They might have some fiat, some Bitcoins to pass on to their kids, and then that's it. Like, nothing will happen in the world, okay? That's kind of the mindset that people have right now. Then I understand that you're trying to dump to uh, BlackRock. But the thing is, you're not dumping to BlackRock, you're dumping to the institutions that the pension funds that buy blackrock which blackrock is not dumping to those institutions is those institutions are also taking a fee a management fee from the actual pensioners who are invested in the pension fund and the people who are pensioners the teachers the plumbers the the union workers the reason why they have to put their money into a financial circus in the first place is because they're earning their wages in a hyperinflationary asset called dollars, called pesos, called euros, called yen, called whatever. And they already feel smart for even investing in the Ontario teachers uh, because many of their colleagues that work a morning shift at a fast food drive through they're not even told what is finance in the first place. They're told how to flip a burger. They're told how to change your gas t- uh, tire a tire on a car, they're, t- they're t- taught how to, you know, clean a bathroom, okay, they're taught how to, you know, uh, teach kids at school, or how to be a doctor, right, because not all of us get to learn finance every day of your life, you're le- if you're learning medicine every day of your life, you're not learning finance. So these people that invest in pension funds are at least better off, supposedly, than people who don't even invest at all, who try to save, right, and saving sounds like something you should do but it's kind of psy PsyOpt. So when they tell you to save your money, save your money, and you actually go ahead and do save your money. Um, then you're gonna end up realizing the value of your savings is not worth very much. You can't afford a house at, at the end of saving money for 30, 40 years. So then you go back up the ladder, you wanna invest. But again, the, the easy way of investing in the S&P 500 is now not returning you as much returns as if you had invested in Bitcoin. But if you invest in Bitcoin, they're now telling you to invest in Ethereum, into Solana, into whatever. So the world is a very confusing state. And the middleman, the person with the stake, the person with the largest pot in a in a in an unfair system, they don't care about what what you invest in because they don't need to invest. They get to make the fees. They make the fees, and they get to accumulate any asset that you're investing in. And the more they run a centralized financial system the more the fees they will get without any competition because of of the network effects. Because the network effects is not accruing to Bitcoin, it's accruing to a centralized entity. So given that outlook, um, it must've been a huge surprise to see ordinals at the beginning of this year. I was not expecting it. No one was really expecting it in case you bought more release ordinals, not on layer two, which people thought you had to do to go on stacks and create NFTs and stuff. It was created on layer one, which means the entire file is on chain. And I think it took a lot of gas, a lot of air out of the Ethereum NFT bubble, um, because now you have immutable NFTs, not IPFS links. And it's protected by the security of Bitcoin, which Ethereum is protected by essentially oligarchs, a network of people staking. So given that uh, Ordinals had a huge fanfare from February, January of this year until about May, June. And there's still people excited, obviously, about Ordinals. Um, <clears throat> let me take a sip of water. <clears throat> now, like, then, you know, I'm of the type that if you look at Ordinals, at first they told us, all the builders, that you can't do an exchange on Bitcoin, congratulations Casey, you've gotten um, you've gotten, you know, the files onto Bitcoin, but it's going to take a long time at least to come up with a a PSBT an exchange on chain so the Ornodes were trading on Google spreadsheets on uh, Discord and bridged over to things like Emblem Vault which then accessed the marketplace of OpenSea to trade, which is on Ethereum, so it's almost like Ethereum became a layer two for BTC, now that this assets on BTC. Um, We figured out, and not me, I'm not a developer, but one of my developers, uh, one of my friends, figured out how to do PSBTs, how to implement PSBTs. As technology has been around, uh, we're not taking credit for PSBTs, but implemented uh, quickly uh, uh, to become the, or Swap.io was the first PSBT-based marketplace, which is now trustless, the marketplace cannot rug you cannot take your inscriptions and that currently or is on maintenance but we haven't you know we don't have access any users funds users have their own things so it's not ftx so that's a huge improvement um but if you really zoom out there's still something missing because bitcoin is not programmable in the current btc version you can only have key signatures that make sure that we cannot take your ordinals. But the keys are still resting with our centralized platform. It's just without you signing your, using your keys, we can't take your ordinals. We can't take your BTC. But uh, the network effects of the order book of the market is still with a company by company, and so with ordinals if any of you have been buying and selling or an artist and creating, you will notice that you have to go list your orders on, uh, or And the next month you realize or is not as popular. So you start listing your ordinals on ordinals wallet. Then you start listing your ordinals on magic Eden. And lo and behold, now it's kind of the steady that fungible tokens, BRC twenties are more popular on Unisat and, uh, NFTs are more popular on Match Eden. These are two big uh platforms. What do you have again? You have now the BlackRock of Ordinals because now these platforms will have liquidity beget liquidity and they will have more and more money, which is great, but like good for them. Uh but you can understand you have a centralizing force without the ability to um compete as easily. It's like, yes, I'm free to compete and build a new Uber and build a new Airbnb but it's pretty hard for me or build a new Instagram. It's pretty hard for me to get all their users to switch over. Um, unless I build a complete different product, like a TikTok or whatever, like to to, to, to siphon users, which is really bad for the economy because now uh, the early hungry entrepreneur gets fat and sloppy. Even if they wanna keep on grinding, they sometimes get fired like Steve Jobs or Travis Kalanick. And you get replaced with a Pepsi seller and a and a vacation seller in uh John Scully and uh the other guy's name is uh not, not Dana but something. Um, the guy who runs Uber today. Um he's done a good job from the perspective of Wall Street and Uber share price doing well. But you know you're losing a lot of the, of the competition even within your own company, certainly with the industry. So imagine if all the orders were a shared order book. What would then happen is OrSwap gets off to a good start. We get about thirty thousand inscriptions listed. Great. A new entrepreneur comes in or knows wallet five days later. They can show the same thirty thousand inscriptions, not pay any fees to OrSwap and have no censorship from OrSwap. Check the chain for the orders. Don't check OrSwap APIs. No centralization. And now they have thirty thousand orders on the very first second they launched the product. Any users they add to them is now giving them 40,000 total uh, orders or 400,000 total orders. What does that mean? Actually, that's not too bad because Orswap was doing a pretty bad job in this hypothetical scenario of getting users. We can now check the chain and find, oh, there's actually 4,000 orders right there on the chain. Now, our Orswap product will also have 400,000 orders. Magic Eden comes in a little bit late coming in from Solana. They immediately have 400,000 orders also. They grow the market to 5 million orders. It comes back to us. Now, OrSwap has 5-minute orders. Um, and so you have Bitcoin as an exchange, Bitcoin as an order book. In that world, each of our interfaces would just be an interface. We would not be an exchange. That would lead to way better price discovery, more liquidity for the ordinals, etc. That was actually done on BSV using Bitcoin script in the summer of 2020, 2020. Um, A developer, a friend of mine, um, online friend of mine, in real life too, but uh, built the first thing called Order Lock, which is locking your NFTs into an order onto the blockchain. The order is not time-based lock. It's not like in the future, which I'll get to. It's not like in the future block you can get this NFT back. It was a price-based lock, as in I currently own this NFT. I would like to sell it for $1. Bitcoin. I'm going to lock my Bitcoin that I currently full on own. I'm going to lock it into the chain. And if anyone pays one Bitcoin to my address, then the miners will unlock this NFT and give it to whoever paid for it and their their destination address that they want to uh, receive that NFT on. And if the meantime, I change my mind, I want to cancel my order. If, any, if no one has given the one Bitcoin that I've requested, I can sign with my key since I own it. And the miners will kick the, uh, or, uh, the NFT I just locked up back to me. So what I described that I wish could happen on BTC actually already happened on BSV with programmable script. This is a logic, a pretty simple logic. It's called order lock. Um, but because the Bitcoin economy is two sides, right? There's the on-chain economy and the things that are about technology, and there's the other part that is uh, the off-chain economy. And because Bitcoin has always been dominant uh, on uh, CNBC, Bloomberg, centralized exchanges, ETFs, et cetera, on and off ramps of Visa, uh, like MoonPay, like local Bitcoin, all these things, what it tended to have was a very large off-chain economy, which because Bitcoin is such a powerful technology, like I said, if you just solve the fiat problem, it's always like Bravo. So just that narrative of digital gold solving fiat inflation was able to get you, the off offline economy was able to get you to a peak of 69,000 Bitcoins per coin because it reached 69,000 in 2021 be- a, more than a year before there was ever on-chain ordinals. I know there used to be counterparty and Pepe memes, etc. But really, like there was no on-chain economy on Bitcoin. But it got to sixty-nine thousand. BSV has a great on-chain capability, but it doesn't have a very good off-chain ecosystem, and that makes it very illiquid off-chain. It's not really on a lot of exchanges. It's got a high threshold to deposit to exchanges. And that means that every human being still needs to use fiat today to buy, you know, groceries, pay for rent, et cetera. It means for a developer, there's not a lot of money to be made uh, building on BSV. Just like there was not a lot of money to be made building on BTC in 2010, which is why no one built anything in 2010. The only thing that happened in 2010 was someone sold pizza for Bitcoin. There was not a lot of builders in BTC in 2011 either, or 2012. I think the first VCs came into the game, Roger Ver started investing in companies in 2012. Then Pantera started investing in Bitcoin startups in 2013. Then Barry Silver, also in 2013. Uh, then you had more funds like A16Z with a crypto fund, uh, Sequoia, Paradigm, on and on and on. So if you have the on-chain economy being very, very small in fiat terms, um, then most developers are going to be not on BTC where you couldn't develop onto this year, and they're not going to be on BSV they're going to be on, uh, Ethereum. Okay. So without going into like conspiracies of why is the mainstream press not promoting BSV, et cetera, I just want to highlight that as much as Ordinals brought a a really incredible technology stack to Bitcoin and brought a lot of awareness that broke through a lot of the misconceptions of Bitcoin, that Bitcoin can handle on-chain transactions and can handle on-chain data. Um, it failed to live up to the imagination so far of the kind of true on-chain programmable programmability uh, of of Bitcoin, which BSV can do. Now you have a lot of people saying, "Oh, you want programmability? Sure. Why don't you bridge your ordinals over to a layer two, over to an Alex, over to a new uh, drive a side chain." and et cetera. And um, like I said, that's fine. And the network effects, that's already been boosted by the existing offline world acceptance of Bitcoin. Because like I said, I'm not being conspiratorial, but if you can limit the Bitcoin layer one to just a couple megabytes, then effectively, even if Bitcoin took over fiat, the Bitcoin power structure and where those Bitcoins, who will be owning those Bitcoins is the same as the people who own fiat. So that's it's actually even better. In fact, if if you want to run an enslavement system, running it with a inflationary currency makes everyone wanna run away. They wanna run away to art and stack bottles of wine and uh, stack aluminum and copper and whatever, and gold and silver. They wanna run away from your system. They wanna run away from the banking system. But if you can set up a new pseudo blockchain-based banking system that is not inflationary, that's more like BTC, then people actually can't run away because now if I, if I run away to own some cows or own some wine or something, I'm going to actually underperform Bitcoin because Bitcoin goes up higher and higher. Ethereum goes up higher and higher, faster than wine. Historically it's been faster than wine and faster than art. So in that case, you have incentivized slavery. You have a slave system that you don't want to get out of because number go up, right? So, you're not actually disrupting anything. So if I'm if I'm part of if I'm a chief strategy officer for the deep state, I would say let's put BTC on uh, CNBC every day. Let's put BTC on Bloomberg every day. Let's promote to the frustrated sheep who are frustrated about uh, the fiat system. Let's send that energy, right? Send that, those vibes over to BTC. You know, um, let's send them over to FTX. Let's send them over to Sam and Freed. Like let's do that because it's not going to disrupt anything. Right, I'm not saying that people are actively working against the well-being of humanity. I'm just saying that it doesn't—it's not that bad an outcome for the existing world leaders. Maybe you'll have a little bit of shuffling of the seats, like maybe some new crypto entrepreneurs might be might be joining the elites. That's okay. We'll make room for you as long as you play ball and don't disrupt the, the existing old guard. That's cool. Uh, and so, uh. That is why it is so promoted. Uh, But as you can see, the old guards of BTC maxis and laser eyes, they did not like ordinals yet they could not stop ordinals. So that shows you that if you deploy something on chain, there's an energy in Bitcoin that is beyond the, this scale of the existing offline world, no matter how big the banks are, how big the countries are, how big the tech firms are, they can't actually. Um, <clears throat> convincingly stop you or make you want to stop doing things because it's a- because it's on chain because it's attributes of Bitcoin that those services can never offer, which is immutability of your original. They can't delete it. They can't censor it. Um, and uh, it's an on-chain transaction that at least could have many different builders. Uh, building for you, so I complained a little bit about like why the orders are not interoperable between Orswap, Ordinals Wallet, and Match Eden. But at least I'm allowed to build Orswap, right? Because I just have to run a Bitcoin node and blah blah blah, and I'm off 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 I go. Three or four days, teammates can build Orswap. If I want to run a bank, I have to get a banking charter. In the entire history of crypto, not a single company has gotten a banking charter in 15 years, right? There's no crypto bank. uh, so that is a very slow process to get to build for the legacy financial system, at least in Bitcoin, I can build for BTC. But you can't build, not a lot of builders can win at the same time because again, there's a centralizing effect towards Magic Eat and towards wh- whoever the winner is. And even though UNISAT you know, has won the on-chain uh, centralized fungible token layer, you notice that once they list ORDI into an OKX into a gate.io. How much already is traded now on Unisat? Very, very small compared to what's traded on centralized exchanges, which means there's an even better BlackRock, essentially. Let's just go straight centralized. Let's go straight centralized, right? So that's why at some point, the if you keep going down that path of thinking, then the, the fact that this asset is on-chain, immutable, it doesn't really matter because your assets in your retirement savings account that's holding Bitcoin via BlackRock... That is very sensible. If you say something wrong, on social media, you could have your pension taken away from you. You could be canceled. Right. And so this is not the best way to get to the retail. So in this whole financial sequence, you have the person who like ultimately somebody has to do something in this economy of value, whether it's truck driving, uh, babysitting, whatever it is. The current stack is you babysit, make fiat. You open a bank account, invest the fiat. You put it into a money manager who puts it into a VC, who puts it into a BlackRock Bitcoin ETF, who then gets access to some kind of investment products. Then when you're older, you sell that investment product back to fiat, and then you take your fiat in your old age, and you know hopefully you can retire on that. In the meantime, whether you invest it well, bad, whatever, is having a tremendous Uh, impact on your your life and because you're still in the fiat economy not the bitcoin economy you need to tune into jerome powell see what interest rates are like this year you need to be really focused on midterm elections and and elections because you know you if you vote for the wrong candidate you might have a higher unemployment rate you won't be able to have a job your company might move their jobs offshore so you got to really care about america first make sure the jobs don't go offshore you know if you are uh, an immigrant or something, you have to really care about that minimum wage is going to go up or whatever this kind of economic techno uh, gobbledygook speak you've been put into, right? And um, to get credibility in the fiat economy, because there's no data in the fiat economy, there's just money, uh, there's no on chain data. You have to prove yourself over and over. So you're one day you're a truck, you're a driver for Uber. You have a great score, of four point nine seven, uh, as your Uber driving score star rating. But now you know tough times. You can't get as many riders. You want to go into the plumbing business. Well, you have no track record for the plumbing business because all your data is at Uber. You have nothing to show people. So your the the amount of time that you have it takes. You know, if someone fires you, they give you a month. Uh, if you want to quit your job to switch a new job, you got to give a two-week notice. So there's a lot of friction to getting new skills. You know, you want to transfer schools. You got to drop out of one school, wait for the next semester. You know, you you didn't do very well on the SATs. You have to go back a year, take the grade 12 again, try SATs again. I mean, that's one whole year of your life that, until recently, humans only lived like 50 years, 80 years. I mean, that's 2% of your life just on administrative bureaucracy of switching from one school to another, one job to another um, and rebuilding your reputation. And this is why it's not just the fiats that's broken, it's the opportunity that's broken because I couldn't, I didn't even get to make as much fiat as I want to in the first place because I have to keep on uh, proving myself. And because I don't want to prove myself then I want to stay loyal to the company. I want to be the corp company man, the salary man in Japan, right? They go in the morning on a train to work at 8 a.m., they get to work at 9 a.m., they get off work at 7, 8 p.m., and then they take clients out until 10 p.m. They do this again the next year. And the reason they do that is it's a wild world out there. It's not secure out there. They have to hold on to that pension. They have to hold on to that pension. But by the time they're 60 and 70 and they realize the pension is gone, they don't have the the energy, the time left to try and change their world because you know, they got five, 10 years left to live. So, you know, it's it's sad, you know? And like, because the Bitcoin and internet technology didn't emerge yet, the Ponzi scheme didn't look so bad from when you played it because you're in the earlier parts of the Ponzi. Like if you're if you're early to Bernie Madoff and you have to get out, right? Early, um, then you're fine. If you're early to FTX and you got out early, then you're fine because you didn't get screwed. You actually made a lot of money on Solana. You made money, a lot of money on Bernie Madoff. Um, Obviously, in those scenarios, most people did not get out early on Luna, on uh, FTX, on 3AC because you could just keep on staying. But you know what's great about pensions and why that scheme doesn't get popped so quickly is you don't stay in a pension because you're about to die. You're going to need to cash out your, your pension. So everyone has a natural cash out date, which is when they turn 65 or 67 or whatever France is trying to do with 70 years etc. And so if you get off the Ferris wheel, then you never got wrecked, right? Crypto had like a very fast Ponzi, which is like two, three-year Ponzi, like FTX, two, three-year Ponzi, like 3AC, one-year Ponzi, like Luna. But the social security Ponzi is going on a long time and people don't find out it's Ponzi until they cash out. And because they cash out, they they don't really care anymore. Um, So what does that mean? What, what, what is the alternative? That's t- these are things you probably already know. What does what the on-chain Bitcoin economy look like? Well, instead of selling them an ETF via BlackRock to, in order to get Bitcoins, because you can't have everyone get Bitcoin directly on-chain, you have to get them via a Binance or Coinbase. Then might as well get the biggest, you know, centralized player like a BlackRock to, to buy it. If you're going to need a, just to buy and hold, just an investor, then you've run out of grandmas, run out of retail, let's go after institutions, right? Because there's, a, there's actually nothing like, there's not, no such thing as an institution. All an institution is, is a middleman for an ultimate end person, an, an individual, right? A private equity firm is ultimately just managing the money of ultimately an individual, right? And what it feels like is that you can no longer sell to the individual directly because the individual has gotten wrecked over and over, has not seen any real utility in 15 years of this industry so you can get to someone who's not into crypto who doesn't like crypto who would never personally sign up to a binance themselves they just want to you know take care of kids go to the park have a barbecue tailgate at an nfl game or something like that you can get to this person by getting to his money manager who is managing his money and getting that person to buy bitcoin for them via the etf instead of doing all that the what could happen is you can open up an economy for this tailgater, this teacher, this plumber, this Uber driver to directly open up an app and be able to all 7 billion, all 8 billion people be able to engage in direct on chain layer one commerce where miners are competing to offer lower and lower, lower rates, uh, uh, and better and better, uh, uh, transaction capabilities and scale, okay? That is what you can have. And so it's kind of like, if at and doesn't give me a good service, I'm switching out for Verizon. But that's annoying, right? You have to change your phone number, cancel a plan, etc. But imagine a Bitcoin network where the miners are the ones that change themselves. You don't have to change at all. They're in their own competition. You just use Bitcoin. You don't really care who mines your next block. That's the Satoshi Nakamoto design, in my opinion. Um, So I don't have to worry about, is this sidechain better than this other sidechain? Does this sidechain have more volume on it? Because then you're back to a Magic Eden or Swap uh, centralized exchange problem. Is it, do I want my data on Facebook or do I want my data on Twitter or do I want my data on uh, Instagram? Which is fun and games for Zuckerberg and uh, Musk to... Oh, let's have UFC fights. Let's pretend let's see who can build a better social network. But as a user, you don't want to be like one day trying to grow an audience on Twitter, then Twitter cancels you. Then you go grow an audience on you know Truth Social. Now Twitter uncancels you. Now as a based, you know, CEO. So you come back to Twitter. Then Zuckerberg puts out a threat, and you want to go on a threat. And this is very stupid. This is like rebuilding a social network. It's this literally te- te- technology version of what I just described in the offline world, which is I join a company, I get promoted, I now want to switch jobs, I have to start over in a new company. It, that's, that's exactly what's happening digitally on the internet. Is you're constantly doing the internet. All it did was a technology layer for the same fucked up system of the fiat world. And blockchain has a choice to make bitcoin has a choice to make are you just going to be a blockchain layer for the same fucked up world same dynamics or are you going to have different dynamics and if you can have on-chain backed by miners that's very very important so let's take like a 10 second break uh or even a five minute break before i go into my latest work and how i've tried to along with friends in industry learn from our many many years of failings uh you know I've sunk very low reputation-wise and, and career-wise and wealth-wise since departing the main crypto ecosystem uh, for doing work on uh, BSV and BTC, etc. So uh, we have some solution to that, which I think throughout today. I was sleeping; I couldn't watch the show, but I saw it a little bit at the beginning of the show. The idea of locking up uh, assets, and I want to take a break, intermission here, uh, and then we'll go into how that might solve some of the onboarding problems. Uh, In this kind of uh, uh, chain versus chain competition.
0: Yo 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 yo! What's up? What's up?
1: What's up? Did you hear my my talk so far? Yes, I did. I did. Sorry, I I, different chains. Yeah,
0: I could see you and I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. My producer must have stepped away from this computer the moment you uh you you took a break. So you the thing is, Jack, is that like you are like the I don't know if you guys have seen the meme where there's a guy that sees a big bushel like there's a little rabbit and he finds a big bushel and he and he and he's he's so happy and he thinks he has a huge carrot but in reality it's a tiny little carrot that's like the majority of the crypto world that's like btc like they see a bushel but then like the future is like a tiny carrot like like the eventual future for all of humanity and you are one of the one of the dudes on the planet that is actually that knows that there's a giant carrot you know like the little bunny as he's that knows that there's a giant carrot on the earth although the bushel from the outside looks tiny you know so you know when when i hear you talk i, I it really sounds like like that's that meme very much personifies what what you're working on what i'm working on and what a lot of bitcoiners are working on because we see really what's happening you know i find it pretty scary how you were, you know, the, the logical conclusion that you came to, which is, you know, very real, that a an Ethereum world is a very tyrannical world, and that a BTC uh, layer two world is also a very tyrannical world, and those are the world more tyrannical
1: is- than the fiat world we live in today, much that's much so more
0: fucked up, dude. And and that's think, thank you so much for talking about this because, um, it, it you know it's it's. Mm-hmm. This is that you are saying the quiet part out loud that most people don't talk about. And it seems like I've been saying these things, but I, people think of me of me like I'm sort of like some crypto Alex Jones that, oh, uh, yeah, it's just wrath being wrath. But when you come in here and you're like you explain it and you break it down and it's not just me saying it, but you're saying it, it's like, OK, now there's another dude saying the same thing, you know, it's like um. so I thank you very much for for being who you are, because you have a skill that a lot of us in crypto don't have. I don't have that. I'm not a market maker. You're a professional market maker. You are chief strategy officer at Kraken, OKX, OKCoin, Circle. So like you understand how these network effects work with crypto intimately. You work you before that you used to work in you know in, in Wall Street. You understand how these networks work in fiat how these centralized exchanges become like the center marketplaces for crypto. And you understand what the logical conclusions are of of, of these network structures and cryptographic, uh, these crypto governance models and the, the market drivers that lead to an eventual design, eventual future. One day I heard you say something very interesting. You said that the quiet part that there is almost like I think I, I'm trying to remember the words you said. You said there is a unspoken agreement in crypto that does not want you to know that Bitcoin can scale on chain. Something like that, along those lines. Do you, do you understand? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, it's um, was that the exact phrase that you used?
1: <laughs> uh no that's not exactly the phrase i might use but you 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 made the point correctly so continue on yeah
0: yeah so it's a uh, so jack is there hope that's a big question here because i i was i dude i i was there um early Bitcoin i was uh, i saw it happen before my eyes how everything was taken away from the blockchain and all these lizards came and they were like well, we have a blockchain for this, a blockchain for that. We have—it's just this corporate mindset came in, and right away I, I thought about the words of Christ. I'm like, "Don't put new wine in old wineskins, for the wineskins will burst, and you will br- you will ruin both the wine and the wine skins." And it hit me. I'm like, "You need new wine skins for new wine. You need to change the way you think about the world." And Bitcoin being new wine will change who you are and and you have to allow, you have to acquiesce yourself your mind and the way you interact with these economies in a way that is completely different whereas all these boomers all these lizards came into crypto came into bitcoin and tried to give us the wall streetization of bitcoin you know and i talked about the hypocrisy right that they sold you that they sell you crypto as an investment vehicle but they never used the technology themselves. If we had a Bitcoin on-chain thriving economy, an FTX event would have never happened because we would have had proof of reserves every ten minutes on chain. So it's a, uh, it's a, uh... so Jack, it's it's. I- I'll be honest with you, man. Some because I, I understand these things deeply, and then at the Crypto Vigilante, my crew, the, the crew that I have, they're very much privacy maximalists. And in their worldview, this is their worldview, Jack. I'm telling you straight up. Talking about the analysts, all the alphabet people, X, A, W, and Googles Everyone, the worldview is this: it's fucked. Run for the hills, hide, hide now. Privacy, hide. There's it, it's almost like it's almost like the mindset is, it's fucked up. The only thing you can you have left is Monero. The only thing you have left is uh, Pirate Chain, Dero. And to a certain degree, you know what? They're right. They're very much right because you literally just made the case and you're literally pretty much saying the same thing Mr. X says. Bitcoin is a surveillance coin. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Anything that's a surveillance coin can become more tyrannical than fiat. Now, he gets to those that same logical conclusion by emphasizing the, the, the state apparatus that will be empowered by a technocratic elite of mass surveillance. So he's right. He's 100% right. But you come at this from an economic perspective of how a, 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 a transparent cryptocurrency environment that is off-chain, that is outside of proof of work like in Ethereum, or that it's off-chain like in a lightning network, is also a means for drastic tyranny worse than we ever experience. So it's interesting how the logical tree comes to the same conclusion. You know the logic tree that my my friends that are deeply in love with privacy projects like Mr. X they say you know what Um, we have to run from surveillance coins like we have to run from transparent surveillance coins like they're dangerous Raph why are we even having an ordinal summer (laughs) like 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 a conference we should just be talking about privacy coins and a lot of people in the audience are probably thinking that as well but guys we need to have this conversation right here because you need to understand. That the economic logical conclusions are not just the, the tyranny is not just looming over us in the area of fr- coming from the area of surveillance, but it's also in the area of proof of stake and second layer scaling. So that's why I champion an on chain economy, that's why I champion on chain scaling. And so, um, you know, it's it's a uh, Should we get
1: to the exciting part of the conversation?
0: Let's go. Give us some hope. (laughs) Let's go.
1: So a lot of people, they they look at me and they're like, there is no way you actually were in those companies at that early. And if you actually were, then you must be even more stupid than I thought to leave them or to still be working on this thing called BSV, something went wrong with your life. Um, Or they have the approach of, even if they understand what I'm saying, this sounds very academic, sounds very theor- theoretical, but we live in reality. And in reality, I'm going to get my bag. And they're like, why don't you get your bag? Well, I feel sorry for you that your bag is so small or relatively small. I actually think well, I'm very, very lucky. Like the lifestyle I live is, is something I never imagined. So the fact that I could have lived an even better lifestyle is, is, is not that interesting to me. And uh, when you own stake in a centralized exchange, when you own stake in a system when you launch ICO you have to deal with all kinds of headaches that I don't have to deal with in terms of like SEC calling you FBI is calling you like because you hold on to a whole bunch of user assets so yeah you can get a huge bag but like at what cost right do you really want to be sandbag and freed right now I don't know I don't think so um and uh I didn't do this. I didn't have this view. I didn't set out to kind of try and grow Bitcoin in the on-chain layer because I was idealistic for a freer world or because I have like such a great heart and and whatever. It's not, it wasn't that I am, I'm a deeply flawed person uh, as much as anyone else, if not more. Um, I'm not better than anyone. I am not doing this out of altruism or idealism or hope Um, because logically I realized that the on-chain version of Bitcoin was going to win in our lifetime. I couldn't tell you that what year there was going to be a fork and you would get the programmability of Bitcoin, the scalability of Bitcoin back in BSV. I couldn't tell you who you can trust, like, Steve Shatters looks like a guy who's CTO of Enchain previously. Looks like he's a guy who's going to work on TerraNode. He bummed off. He's not working on it anymore. That's okay. I couldn't tell you what app exactly was going to make Bitcoin go viral. Uh, but because I come from a family of scientists and I know nothing about science, I think I get the playbook very well, which is you got to look at the chemical element. The chemical element of Bitcoin as BSV is that every 10 minutes at a physics level, at a math chemistry level, it is producing blocks. And every 10 minutes, the fees on the network is getting lower and lower. So yes, the purchasing power of fiat is getting destroyed, but the the network has not been tampered with, is still producing blocks and is getting cheaper. So that to me means that the ingredients of the network is, getting better the in, so it's like you have a, a cooking your, your ingredients are getting better your oil better your butter's better everything's better in literal cooking sense that doesn't mean that the steak that you make is gonna taste good but you got the best ingredients right and so uh, of all the blockchains right you know maybe maybe my my restaurant doesn't have a brand doesn't have a, a queue of 10,000 people who wanna come eat here there's no like Advertising, There's no reputation and it being slandered. But if I know that I got the best ingredients in the kitchen, no matter how much people smear me outside the world or smear BSV, if I have the best ingredients then at some point I can cook something with those ingredients, that is a type kind of food that would be so good that the people who are lining up to go to the other restaurant that's more famous as being the best restaurant in the world, they will come eat here. Because I, as much as we've lost all the users, we still have 10 users, we still have 100 users. In the restaurant example, they're in the restaurant eating their cooking every day. And this day's streamanity is terrible. Next day's dining is terrible. Next day is Visa cards, terrible. Exciting for a couple of days, lose excitement but they're at the restaurant eating. And you know that if they ate some fucking food that they've never ate before, that's the best food they've ever had, the healthiest, the tastiest, the the cheapest food, like the best value for the money, they're gonna run out of this restaurant and scream at all the other people queuing up for all the other restaurants, be like, yo, check this out, check what I'm eating. And so I know that Bitcoin BSV has the best ingredients of all the three blockchains. It has the worst perception, but perception can be changed. Ingredients cannot be changed. Okay? So I have been toiling away in this industry, seemingly seemingly unstable switching between projects, left, right, and center. At first, it was switching between companies that I worked at. Every couple of years. Uh, I had a long stint at OK, but, by the way. But um, later on, even with my own project, you think I don't have VCs. I get to do whatever I want to do. Why is it I'm not sticking to one project? Is it I have a, have a problem? And the actual reality, if you zoom out, is that I have been sticking to one project. It's called Bitcoin. I've been working on Bitcoin, this Bitcoin company, this entire time. I've never switched off of Bitcoin. I'm the person who has been working on Bitcoin the longest. If you think about scalable uh, Bitcoin, even if you think uh, Craig Wright Satoshi took a few year hiatus, I did not take a hiatus. I've been working on Bitcoin this entire time. Uh, And these are different experiments to how to grow Bitcoin. And uh, so therefore it's not wishful thinking It's not like, hey, grow up, you know, it's time to grow up, accept the world as what it is. I'm very happy to accept the world as what it is. If you tell me it's mathematically impossible to change the world. But when I know that I've now been given ingredients, I didn't invent Bitcoin, you didn't invent Bitcoin, but we've been given ingredients that are actually working. Okay, the the chain actually works right now. Then you know that it's a it's. It's just a matter of time before people figure out what to do with those ingredients. Cause it's not just me at the restaurant cooking. Anyone else in the world is free to come to this restaurant and start cooking with those ingredients, cooking anything you want. And the ingredients of Bitcoin is cheap fees, scalability, uh, proof of work, layer one scaling, right? Deflationary supply. Uh, you know, so what what do, what what is what is why did I say take a break from my earlier presentation? Is that now we're gonna get into something that's not academic. We're gonna get to something that's actually out in the wild. It's a it's a protocol called uh that people in social media are calling Lulox, uh, at a play, play a play on name on my last name. Uh, so they're spelling it L O O locks. And it's the act of combining uh using the technology of end lock time. So end lock time is a technology of essentially passing on a will to your kids, something like that. So in a traditional world, you have a father uh, who wants to give some money of inheritance money to his son. When the son turns 20 years old, Um, there's no way for the son to access the funds until he turns 20. This is end lock time, similar to a trust. But in, in lock time, in the traditional way people use them, if the father feels like the son is a spoiled brat and has been, you know, breaking curfew, doing drugs, whatever you want to call it, he might take away, as long as the father's still alive, uh, he's able to put in a new will, uh, execute a change in will, execute a change in the trust fund. In Bitcoin way, terms, execute a change in the end lock time by rebroadcasting a transaction to the daughter, uh, to someone else in the family, um, to another recipient, another Bitcoin address. In which case, even though, even twenty years later, when the son does turn twenty, that person doesn't have access to the funds. Now, if the father happens to die before he enacted the change, the, the the son can have access to the money. But the father, even after committing to giving the money to the son, can still reneg, essentially change his mind. You guys all watched like the. The uh, the uh, what's that thing? Um, there's a not Knives Out, right? There was a Knives Out movie, similar story. They changed the will to give it to like the uh, Anna Anna the the Anas, right? And um, in in Bitcoin, you can have a change in, in lock time. So the why it's called Lulock is we came up with a, a reason to say, let's not allow the father to change. Once you decided who you're going to give some Bitcoins to and at what block, you can no longer, even if you have the private keys, uh, you can't cancel that. That coin is going there at that block. And so the son cannot receive the coins early and the father cannot change his mind. Once it's done, it's done. That's the lock. That's the Lulock protocol. On top of that, though, the big breakthrough this week is the idea of combining, instead of just giving money into your son as a once a lifetime thing. Because trust in the real world is actually very hard to operate. You go to a bank, you have a safety t- deposit box, you have to set up oftentimes a separate entity offshore, you have a trust. You do it one time, maybe for your kids. You do not do it for this post, th- This you don't do a trust every single second of every single day. In Bitcoin history, end lock time is also not frequently used. In BSV, I had known of no apps that was giving you end lock time. And for good reason. Why would I want my customers' uh, funds to be locked up? If I'm Dairy Queen, I want people to come to Dairy Queen with their dollars and buy ice cream every day. I don't want people to lock up their dollars for 100 years, 1,000 years, because that's dollars that I can't make selling ice cream it's good for the person to save money in, in, in fiat. It's not because it's going to get inflated away, but in Bitcoin, hodling is great. Like we get excited about, Oh man, that guy who sold the pizza is so rich. We're not, we're not excited about, he got 10,000 Bitcoins. They went to $10 each and he sold it and he got a hundred grand. We're not excited about the hundred grand. We're excited playing with a calculator. Okay. Bitcoin right now, if it's BTC, it's $25,000. Okay, if I got 10,000 pizzas, oh my goodness, I would have $250 million. I wouldn't need to work anymore. That's what you're excited about. You're excited about the idea that the person who sold the pizza has held those Bitcoins until today. You're not excited about the idea that even at $10, he had made essentially tens and tens of thousands of X returns already. Imagine selling a pizza for 50 bucks and you got a hundred grand. You got a million dollars. That's a lot. You can buy a house after selling a pizza. That's incredible. In one year. Why would you keep on holding for another five years? Why would you hold it for 10 years? Right? And the guy who got the pizza transaction, they got all three forks. They got BCH, BTC, and BSV because that's pre fork Bitcoins. So if BSV goes to the moon, he's got 10,000 of those too. Right? So you're you're, you're innately excited by why do people call, it, oh, he's an OG, he's early? Because you're excited about who got into Bitcoin early because they're still holding. That's why there's a hodling meme. But hodling in BTC has been reduced to just putting funds into cold storage, you know? And some people even hodl on centralized exchanges because they, they don't know any better. But even if you if put it on this uh, cold storage. You know, you put it onto a Ledger Nano. The first thing you do after you log in with a Ledger Nano is ask you Ledger X, is it asking, hey, you want to swap? You can swap and trade from the security of an offline uh, enclave with where, where your funds are kept. Okay, that's cool. That's cool that my funds won't be hacked, won't be rugged. But I'll be rugging myself because if I trade too often, I lose the money. Then I'm the pizza guy who is now telling stories that, you know, I got 10,000. I sold the pizza. I got 10,000 Bitcoins. And now I got zero. I got one. I got two. I got wrecked. You know, so... End lock time in a in an uncancelable way. Because even if you can cancel, then it's like same as cold storage. I can bring it out of cold storage. I can bring the end lock time back. So we came up with the loot lock, or I came up with loop lock, which allows you to lock your coins without canceling. But the insight is what if we allowed you, you to do this transaction all the time? Certainly the, the chain can support thousands of. And lock time transactions for even one penny uh, so it can have unlock time all the time so then you have to ask well who would want to do that and why would doing that do anything for the world in terms of onboarding in terms of like breaking through the adoption curve and that's when the idea of combining social media on-chain social media and shout out to Wao Sachmo who created the bitcoin uh, be social protocol which is like an on-chain social media, which up until now, the, the idea of web three social versus web two has been about monetization, has been about you own your data, the data is on-chain and BSE's on-chain, it's not immutable, it, it, it's immutable, you can't be banned like Twitter bans Donald Trump back in the day. But just because your stuff is on social media doesn't mean I wanna switch off of Twitter or doesn't do anything, right? So the combination here that we did is combined and lock time, but change it to loot locks, and then combine it with social media on-chain. And what it manifested in is in an app that a developer started building just on Hearing My Spaces. And it's uh, an app that was first really launched with the social media combination less than five days ago, if I'm correct. If I'm wrong, six days. But certainly under a week, it could be four days. Uh, and as of last night, uh, less than 24 hours ago, there was 700 Bitcoin's BSVs locked up. And whenever I clarify this BSV, people are like, oh, oh, that's nothing. But the funny thing is, no matter what you think of the fiat value of BSV, there's the same number of BSVs right now circulating as there are BTCs. And by 2140, it'll, both chains will be tw- uh, 21 million. So it is as scarce an asset. It might not You might not think it's as valuable an asset today, but it's as scarce and as limited supply an asset. BTC, And so locking up 700 is pretty impressive considering most of you watching this do not have 700 BTCs, but that's last night in the span of going to sleep just four or five hours ago until now, the number of locked up had creeped up to about 860 coins. When I turned the camera on to join this podcast, we had reached 2,000 coins. Before I came on the show, I was at two uh, 2,000 Bitcoins in just hours. And now if I press refresh to give you a live update, we're at 2,495 Bitcoins locked up. That means th- those are coins that cannot be sold right now. No, no matter how much hash you have, no matter how much you want to cry, to me, to the platform, there is no help for you to sell. That is a factor of 3x growth in hours, okay? <clears throat> what that means, and why why are people using this? I'm giving you the background, and I'll finally give you the domain. You can go to hodlocker.com. So it's like hodllocker.com, but it's one L, not two Ls. hodlocker.com. <clears throat> I feel like, especially if this video is being recorded, I feel like my work on this project, which I'm at least a co-founder of, if you want to say, um, if not the founder, shout out to uh, anonymous developer in Crime Zero who has been, with the help of Chat GPT and, and other developers in the BS ecosystem, like a Satchmo's, who's worked from Sa- uh, B Social, and another developer named David Case who uh, created one of the sample uh, locking script contracts, open sourced it. That's this. This is using that uh this uh app well also was slightly inspired and uh, and designed uh it's definitely designed uh by uh, bitcoin intern uh with you know the community of giving feedback um many people i can't possibly name today uh Crypto Acorns released a Twitter bot for this app. Other people are building other tooling. By the time I'm done with this space, there's probably builders that I have, haven't been able to mention. But the app is called hotlocker.com and uh, I believe if I never thought about Bitcoin again, um, not only will the vision I have for a world where everyone's assets trends towards zero uh, be materialized, a, a hyperabundant world where money ceases to matter and time matters a lot more that world not only will happen but the speed at which that happens is now predetermined you can now apply metcalf law to the number of people joining this on-chain social network which is not limited to hodlocker by the way Every single identity, every single avatar, every single post, every single image, every single video, every single Bitcoin, every single locked up Bitcoin is all on chain. Which means anyone is free to I could I could instruct our team to take this website down right now. And I believe the course of history. Is already determined. It was already determined maybe a long time ago, but the point at which things start to accelerate is the point at which the first end lock time transaction combined with the first social media. Because what this allows you to do, if I'm going to get into it, right, and I want to say just for the record Bitcoin has won. Don't come after me. I can't stop this now. No one can stop this now. This is a self-generating ball of energy. Uh, And to the point, to the extent that some part of this protocol is not optimized, some part of this website doesn't look nice, all those things will be improved upon by this product itself on its own. Because... People can write posts and lock up coins behind those posts, which is a provable opportunity cost. It means that for X number of blocks in the future, you will not be able to access these coins. So I'm gonna take you damn serious. If you're locking that up behind a piece of content, I'm gonna look at that piece of content. I may not agree with that piece of content. I may not act on that piece of content, but it means that we are now going onto a social media that's making all of us smarter, that's making Bitcoin smarter that is more valuable. It is not about social media That's more addicting. That's more like twerking and like the least common denominator, like, uh, and you're not going for majority rule. It's whoever wants to lock up can lock up. If you have more coins lock up, you have more say, but you don't get to stake. You don't get to have more bitcoins because you want to express your vote. So, it's the equivalent kind of in the 1700s where only landowners can vote in the elections, not like people who rent, not people who just came to the country. But it's like that, except if you own more land, you get provided more votes. But you can't just, just because you own half the land in the country doesn't mean you have half the votes on every single topic in, in America. You need to apply your Bitcoins towards the topics that you want, which is in this case, the post that you do want. Uh, and... Uh, This first post that has social media uh, was really about five days ago. And now there are thousands and thousands of posts. And uh, there's now 2,495 Bitcoins locked up. So we have reached the conclusion of the Bitcoin flooding. The PSYOP of what Bitcoin is has officially reached its conclusion because now if you like to redo the Reddit wars where you can take down content, number one, you can't take down content from Bitcoin. If you like to re-social engineer and find bots to come over Twitter and Reddit, you can no longer do that. By the way, have I frozen or no? You have not frozen. So good. So good. Okay. Um, That is over because now the posts that people are going to be paying attention to are the ones that have the most Bitcoin locked up, maybe most locked up for the longest. And you don't have to have Bitcoin to write the post. The community can contribute Bitcoin in thousands of transactions towards your post. And it means that if you want to sign up this network, you must... Buy and pump the bags of the network before you get to have a say in the network. And then if the network gets much smarter, we're not locking up a coin I made up yesterday. We're locking up the native currency of Bitcoin, which is sats. You can, of course, lock NFTs. You can lock other things too, but you're locking up sats here in this app, in this protocol where you can buy blue locks with social media. What that means is as the network gets more utility because the network is smarter, it's not about just locking up more coins and having a shortage of supply and now therefore the demand curve is going to move up and then we're going to buy all the Bitcoins and go to the moon, is that your network is getting smarter. This is now officially the most well-run company on the face of the earth. Bitcoin is now better run company than Binance it is a better run company than Apple and which means that this company has better ingredients, has better staff, has better working tools, it's got a better way of coordinating than Slack channels than Discord groups, than Telegram channels, it's got a weighted coordination mechanism based on Bitcoin itself, which itself is a scarce rare asset that you cannot print out of thin air, you can't buy yourself into more votes unless you actually pay the money. You can't scam it yourself into more votes. Imagine a constantly running election, but you're voting with Bitcoins. That means that this will now be the fastest growing company on the face of the planet. And there will never, from this moment in time, for the rest of humanity, there will never be a faster growing company, rate of growth, on the face of the earth. If you understand exponential curves, if you understand compounding growth, you understand it's not that long. Is it a month, a week, a day, a year, 10 years for the Bitcoin company to be more valuable than any other company, more valuable than any other country, more valuable than the entire current GDP of the world? I believe that those things are now set in stone. And I no longer need to work on Bitcoin again. Um, other people will say, why don't you do this on BTC? I believe it's not doable on BTC. But let's just say for the sake of entertaining the possibility, you can do it on BTC. Well, your company basically has uh, a limit in terms of number of people who could be working with each other. Given the fact that the chain can only fit about a million transactions per uh, day you got basically a million people that can work with each other one time or however you want to put it the BSV company can work efficiently without cost without friction uh, with very low costs, and the miners of the BSV network is constantly trying to lower the cost more and more so uh, the BTC company even though right now it's like a company that has more funding, that has more money But they have more friction, which means they're going to be growing slower. They're going to start at a very, very high level, but they're going to grow slower. So which one would you rather have? The Apple company that starts with a lot of cash on the balance sheet, a lot of value, a lot of talented people, maybe the most smartest people in the world. But every time you have a meeting, you have to wait two minutes. Every time you want to approve a, a budget, you have to wait two minutes. Every time you want to pitch an idea, you have to wait I get to pay $1, $2, $5. Is that company going to make it farther? Or the company that starts with 20 people, 100 people, there's absolutely no friction to coming in to bring on another 10 million people, another 100 million people. It's got a perfect HR system. It's got a perfect performance review system happening in real time. And it's happening instantly. This is now no longer theoretical. That company is BSV now. It's been unleashed because now... You can no longer sign up this BSV network by having influential people and big conferences and big media uh, shops telling us that BSV is for enterprise, BSV is for CBDCs, BSV is for um, scammers, it's run by pedophiles. Those things, good or bad, you do not get to be the person who spins up that narrative. Maybe BSV is best for those things. We will find out through a real-time, decentralized, weighted voting. And you're voting with opportunity costs and lock time. So that first product is Hot Locker. I'm really excited that it happens to be that this event is happening. Uh, it's so, so funny that uh, Raphael a week ago, asked me what's the topic of my speech, and I said the Bitcoin economy. I had no real thought that the Bitcoin economy would be like this, which is now not just a Bitcoin economy of today, it's a Bitcoin economy of the future, and there are people who have locked up coins 3,900 years into the future. Some people have locked it up 9,000 years into the future. Uh, I think I saw a transaction of 0.2 BSV so far, uh, 9,400 years into the future, which means the transaction is only going to be released at year number 11,000 and uh, 11,423 or something like this. Um, that is a level of like getting rid of trusted third parties, not just in the present, but into the future. That economy is massive beyond belief. It is humbling beyond belief. Um, And I could not have told you that I will be talking to you today about this topic, even one week ago when I was supposed to be scheduling uh, uh, to come on this show, which is why for the sake of the people who want to learn about other things, like Ordinals, Bitcoin, Ethereum, BSV. Uh, I went through the first hour of that and I share with you what I believe is a solution that's already in the wild, already working. And it worked even during the one and a half hours that I was on this show. Uh, The the network and the intelligence of the network has grown by leaps and bounds even in the past hour and a half. So with that, I humbly say thank you very much uh, and uh, and, uh, thanks for having me here. I can hear you.
0: Oh, oh, Awesome. Jack. So, uh, guess what happened as you got into it, like really into it. You guys, take a wild guess. Something that would never, ever happen with any other speaker, something that, that would never, ever happen to any speaker in any of these conferences that we've ever had. Oh my God. The live stream worldwide automatically. poof Disappeared. I don't know. I'm not trying to get conspiratorial. I'm just saying it happened. The recording is still going, and we're bringing the people and the live feed back up, and we're going to keep you as long as possible. We're going to ask the people where was it, where was it that they left off. We got confirmation from many groups across the world that as you're speaking and you're, like, giving the alpha of alphas, all of a sudden, poof. You know, kind of strange. I don't know, man. I, yesterday I was talking to Paul Storks. Things got a little dicey and also got rugged. I don't know, bro. So, um, Leandro, uh, just stay here with us, Leandro, and let us know what's up. Because I don't want people to miss out on what Jack Lou said. And, Jack, how, how are you doing with time? I understand you maybe have to get going somewhere or something. Ten minutes. Oh, shit. That's fine. It's being recorded. Look, Jack. I- I'll just I'll just read out loud what I said to the internal company chat for everyone that's watching in the recording or whatever. But this is what I said. I said, I said, hyper-Bitcoinization is here. We might be changing the world tonight. We could very well wake up in a post-hyper-Bitcoinization world tomorrow. If if it is not this exact recipe, it will be another. We are very close. We must all keep cooking. Everyone in here must join, join us to cook even more and faster. This is the most important task anyone can be partaking in right now in cooking alongside Hoddle Locker. This is the way to get rid of governments and violence forever. And then I, one of my producers, I'm like, and you were in Costa Rica when this started. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're all like going wild. This is the moment. Then I, I say, wake up, Jeff. Jeff Berwick, where are you? Wake up. I said, crypto anarchy is here. By the time most people realize what was just unleashed, it will be too late for them. And then I have a quote from Murray Rothbard that says, Capitalism is the fullest expression of anarchism. And anarchism is the fullest expression of capitalism. So, Jack, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> because you're right. It's, this ball of energy is just going to grow. I don't know how fast it's going to grow. How fast will it grow? I mean, it, it could compound... Yo, so we had, let me tell you something, because you don't know this. You don't know this. Uh, we had a fireside chat today with the communications director, former communications director of K.C. Rotemore. She was here, okay? And we also had, uh, she now works with ZK Shark. And I brought up the whole thing of locking up, and she's like, oh, yes, just last night or the day before, my friends right I were talking about it. It's like the main crew of Ordinals and I'm like, yeah, you should stay tuned because Jack Lou will be here. So it, the buzz is getting out and Leandro, I want to know, are we back live? Are people watching live? It uh, matter. We,
1: we, we are not back live. We're I'm still
0: working on figuring which it is out. Why,
1: which is why I asked if I need to refresh on my side, because I realized that my camera was, was freezing.
0: Which is strange, but the, the recording is still going. So let, let's keep the conversation you, flowing.
1: I'll continue working you, on this in the background. If, do you mind if I refresh the website? Yeah, yeah, or go is that for it. Break it. Feel free. No, you should be fine. You should
0: be able to re- reload. Dude, I, um, I doubt it. does it have to do anything with this, with this connection? I don't think it does, bro. No, it's, I don't think it's anything to do with his connection. <laughs> it has nothing to do with this connection, dude. Uh, yeah, but then dude, again... I, you're, you're the guru here. Tell me, what happened? Why, why did we get uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on it here. Um, it won't yeah. let me add a new stream right now, so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. But, uh, again, we're, we're still rolling on the recording. Ah, oh, so- recording. The coincidence of life, right? Like, the, the coincidence, I mean, right? Yeah, quote unquote. Jack, it has nothing to do with your end, bro. This has to do with restream. This is something, let's just call it, put it on the weird category of things. It's never happened. Shouldn't happen. And you, DeAndre Dixon is an AI expert, like, like media expert. Like, he's just a rock star when it comes to all of this world of media streaming. And right now, he's really perplexed. He doesn't. <laughs> he's usually the guy you call worst case scenario and you'll just, this is what you do, right? He knows everything. And right now, he's running around like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, bro, I, you know what it is? Bitcoin has been unleashed. That's what's going on. And, and, yeah. and we're happy to be here, man. That's
1: and, fucking uh, awesome. If, if, if the live stream is cut off, then I hope you uh, upload the real thing. Forget the editing. Just put it out there. And oh, the whole thing. Got to
0: go. Yes, no go. editing. Yeah, yeah. We got to put it out. As, on, as,
1: and as and in, you got to put it out there in the next few hours because maybe there'll be outdated news if you wait two days.
0: No, no, no. It, it, it's got to be like in the next... I completely agree with you. This has to go out. We can't be boomers and put this behind a paywall. There's no fucking way.
1: It needs to go out. To... This talk needs to be going out in the next... It should be out by the time I come back from lunch, okay? like Not edited. Just put it out there. And because the thing, everything I'm saying is might be irrelevant in a few hours. Like, so you don't want to take that risk if if, if I'm you, but unfortunately the stream cut off. That's, that's too bad. But, um, it might be
0: irrelevant or extremely relevant. It's one of those two, like crazy things, right?
1: No, because it could be either. What do you mean? uh, Because once it hits people's consciousness for real, then it becomes irrelevant because human nature takes circumstance and uh, new information and absorbs it very, very well once they get ad- adopted to it. So it'll seem like it's old news. Like, yeah, obviously, obviously, I thought Bitcoin would take over everything. Obviously, BSB is Bitcoin. Like, like if, if you let this thing grow enough, it will not be seen as a surprise, what I'm saying right now. It only seems controversial right now because it hasn't yet happened. Once it's happened, it will not seem controversial at all. So, just for your your, your media channel, I think I would release it ASAP.
0: <laughs> I agree with you, dude. It's like, it's like, um, yeah, dude, it's Web3, bro. This is how it goes. But,
1: you but know. I got I I to run. People. I got to run. This is, uh, like I said, the game has just started, but at the same time, the game has just ended.
0: Right on. You're right. You're right. The Lizard game ended... This is our game now. We just got to cook together. You're right.
1: You're right. We are now at 2579 total Bitcoins locked. Let me just for the sake, because I'm an the audience right now, just to show you the importance of doing things this way. I'm going to read you the top posts from Hot Locker. Okay. Verbatim. These are top posts in the past day when new max as in right now there's a for safety reasons we we allow you to only lock up 21 bitcoins each time you click a button when can we have a new maximum and then says imagine being me too'd for pulling out your lock okay again, i'm not filtering anything i'm just reading as we go okay there goes a neighborhood apparently they will let anyone in um Dear, fu- dear future self, here's 21 Bitcoin for a new car. Go buy it. You deserve it. And if you are dead, congratulations. Locked up for three and a half years. 21 Bitcoins. Limited lock- Locking Corporation LLC. New definition of LLC is Limited Locking Corporation.
0: Nice. Someone else,
1: someone else six hours ago locks up 21 coins. Says, "Look at me. I'm the captain now." In lock, we trust. Okay, now let's look at some of the, the latest ones, the newest ones that has some decent amount, okay? It says, done. I am. Now. Thank you to all the people who helped me along the way, directly or indirectly. Kurt and Kevin at Gorilla Pool, Jack Pitts, Jack Liu, Joshua Hensley, Calvin Air, Dr. Wright, the entire CoinGeek team, all of you at Unbounded Capital, my Twitch friends, the amazing people at Enchain and the BSVA, Satoshi, Zamingao, Zero, and so many others. This journey was better thanks to all of you. Thank you. Next post 33 minutes ago. This is locked up for 10 million blocks. That is about 170 years from now. BSV will be worth a million. Okay. Then there's another post. This is the last one I will read. People are locking up their coins for 10,000 years into the future. If we go back 10,000 years, there were only 5 million of us on the planet. And writing wasn't even invented.
0: Wow. Further,
1: Further, we now live in the double exponential AI era. And further still, one month in Bitcoin is one year in real life. Let's go. We could get into a point, I believe, HODLocker will get so efficient that one hour in Bitcoin becomes one year in real life. Because that's how fast the, the cooking can happen and the signaling can happen.
0: And everyone has to know that there is no like, no one running how to lock her this is the thing that just it came from Jack's Jack cook it was the master chef but it was really a bunch of devs that we don't even know who they are just a bunch of anonymous dudes cooking this and it, it takes a life of its own now because now the devs are, are listening to what the people are voting because you can vote for a post as well by locking coins your own coins Into post, so eventually you you will unlock your coin back, right? And and follow
1: and follow. Yep. And follow and following will become locking and locker. So it means that if I think I want to follow Raphael, I got to lock up some coins behind your profile. The coins will come back to me by locking some up. But that means when you look at your following list, you'll be able to see them ranked by who has locked up the most behind your name. So maybe I'll rank as your 40th highest follower someone else will rank as number one follower and maybe i don't know if we're gonna be doing business together or friends for a long long time so i'll do it i'll lock you up for two years or one year whatever but that means if you become a degenerate person in society and whatever then maybe i will no longer lock you up after the after the uh expiration of the time period which means that leaderboard is not is not stale it is not like uh It is not like uh, currently, let's say a lot of people followed uh, Hillary Clinton because they really liked her in 2008. Those followers are still there. Also, she has a right to buy bots. So does Donald Trump. So does any crypto project. So those followers are not real, but now there can only be at most 21 million coins following different accounts. So you have a you have a real signal a real time ranking right now today what you're seeing a hot locker is a real time ranking of content you'll be having a real time ranking of people of accounts and also of who is the most giver of vibes and who's the biggest receiver of vibes in real time dynamically changing for the entire planet connected with one ledger immutable ledger one currency that's deflationary you have basically created. Not AI taking over humans is more like now. We, I believe humans are always going to be smarter than AI anyways. But especially when you have a coordinated, perfectly coordinated humans network. That's the era we live in as of five days ago. We're just watching it start to grow in the last day, like turbo. Heck yeah,
0: let's go, bro. I'm with you, Jack. Let's do this, bro. I'm so happy, dude. I'm actually, to be honest, I'm in shock because my mind hasn't processed the whole thing. Like, it came, it, it, as you were talking, it came in waves like, damn. And that's when I wrote that to the team. But this is so big that my mind, it's almost like the, the conditioning, the mental conditioning that we have as human beings immediately goes back to boomer mindset because you're so conditioned to look at life. From the debt-based system from the fiat system and that's what you're used to that like even and i'm so close to what's happening right because i understand this as i'm more intimate than i mean maybe you and some other guys understand it more intimately than me the devs i don't know but i'm, I'm close to you guys i understand what's happening and yet to me it's like shit. <laughs> like it like it escapes me the re- the realization escapes me and then i have to think about it meditate on it it's like oh shit. Then it we escapes did a sh- me again. We did,
1: a sh- we did a show after FTX. And right. that was in December, early December of less than one year ago. Today is September. I said six months to 48 months for sure. But it's actually m- more possible that it is less than six months than it is beyond 48 months. We're in month nine. We had an update to the show when Ordinals release took off. We had this talk around the time of bitmaps in June and it was a six month of December, right? And you asked me what's going to happen in the next six months. And I said, if you give me another, if you give this world another six months to cook, I think you could already conceivably be living in the post-Bitcoin future. It might not be perfectly distributed, but you're already living in it. And I think we're right on that schedule. We're three months in that new second six months.
0: I'm I i, I, I I'm trying to tell you, Jack, like,
1: and there's no centralization like here. If you want to go after me, you right. should not be going after me because I am already not the smartest person on this network. If you go by the leaderboard, I'm not there in the top 20. I'm not there in the top 30.
0: Yeah. They try to go after me. They're going to get
1: shot. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so I'm a cowboy, dude. I, I'm happy to be a good citizen. I'm, I'm again, I'm not here to be oh, conspiratorial. Just, just like Wait, people who baby. get, just like people who get laid off, get you know, look for you know unemployment insurance and like get some help counseling to find a new job. I'm happy to help anyone whose power has been removed. You know, give you therapy, help you reimmerse yourself into this new society. So I'm here out of love for even the people that are being disrupted by this new uh, Bitcoin movement.
0: Yeah, dude. Because like, like, okay, this is the thing, Jack. And I know you got to go to lunch. I'm in shock and I know this shit. Could you like the people that don't know this shit are if, if, when this takes off because now it's no longer a point of like if it takes off, when it takes off. Because it, it like you said it very well. The recipe is the 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 the, the, the ingredients are there. We just got to find the right recipe. Yeah. When this takes off, most people are going to be completely in shock. I'm telling you. My analyst the analysts of the crypto vigilante are just now realizing this. I'm telling you right now, bro, straight up. And I've been arguing with them, going back and forth with them. And some of them are even fading it still. They're like, ah, BSV, right? They're still fading it. I know they are.
1: Hey, hey I went through this exercise many times, right? People faded ordinals. People faded ordi. People faded bitmap. We've gone through right. this exercise. You can, You know how I'm thinking. You know how my brain pattern works. You know, if I'm cooking something, if I'm excited about something, it's going to be more exciting than the thing that I was excited about last time. That's all I'll say. Let's keep cooking. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm going to be off. God bless.
0: God bless you.